Wings for the game. Boom. Cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom. Cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Athletic Hockey Show, the Wednesday Roundtable Edition. I am Rob Pizzo from CBC Sports, alongside, as always, Sarah Sibian and Jesse Granger. How are we, guys? Doing great. Well, Sarah, Sarah doesn't want to answer. Too. I don't know if that means she's not doing great or she just didn't want to answer. Or... I'm, I'm back on the road for the first time in a while, and you forget how little you sleep, so I'm just like rolling with the punches here. But I'm, I'm grateful to be back, and now we can do more in-person interviews, and everything's great. Uh, yeah, and you're in Detroit, right? I saw your tweet about loving Detroit. I haven't been there in a while, but it's always just a fun city to go to. One of my favorites, a true hockey town, you know. Um, don't know how to transition into this, but I'm just going to just go right into it. Um, obviously, the big story this week, it was quite literally hours uh, after we posted our show last week that what pretty much the entire world feared was going to happen happened and Russia invaded Ukraine. And it's been it's been a crazy week, guys, as you know. And, and I think stories like this force everyone to do kind of two things. One, everyone just stops and sports kind of become a little bit I don't want to say trivial but you know they, they seem secondary but the other thing when it when it gets this big is, is it forces the sporting world to not only kind of stop and take notice but to take action and we've seen everybody sort of do that sort of thing the IOC UEFA FIFA and then the NHL uh we'll go through a little bit of what everybody did but let me just ask you guys, just as you're like me, you cover this sport for a living. Everything's hockey, hockey, hockey. But how much does this kind of make you step back and go, man, this is uh, what we do. We're pretty lucky to do what we do, but it, it seemed quite secondary. Yeah, I feel like you, the one thing I'm trying to be wary of is I don't have to have a take about everything I'm not an expert on, you know, so yeah. I can acknowledge the pain and the suffering Ukrainians are going through right now and how grateful, like you said it best, how grateful I am to be doing what I'm doing and just kind of reflect on there's bigger things in life, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think social media has allowed us to see a lot more of what's going on than we have in other conflicts throughout history. So 
it was like an immediate like oh my gosh like this like i don't know i to me it really hit home like seeing videos and and seeing the stories of people in real time and it happening um i agree with you rob it was like it was a big time uh wake up call i guess in terms of like yeah, we've got it pretty good here. I'll I'll even I'll even admit last night during the national anthem I'm standing there and like it felt different to me watching the national anthem just like I feel like it's something that I'm usually like all right this is like come on let's get over with this and watching what has happened over there makes me a little more grateful I guess of like how easy we have things and and how easy our lives are. And yeah, I want to mention a little later on in the show we're going to be speaking to NHL player agent Dan Milstein who not only represents a huge chunk of Russian players in the NHL, but was born in Ukraine and, you know, uh, had to escape the Soviet regime right at the end before, uh, you know, communism fell. And, and he's got some interesting takes and he's been talking a lot about what some of his clients are going through because we've had other major events like this before, guys, but I, I don't really know one that that affected sports this much where, organizations were forced to act like i said earlier i mean there are many players from russia in the national hockey league and we saw all these organizations take take actions and then it it started to trickle into hockey the iwhf suspended both russia and belarus pretty much until further notice uh withdrew russia's hosting for the 2023 world junior hockey championship the nhl announced they're suspending all their relationships and business partners in russia and then you bring in Alexander Ovechkin and that whole aspect. I, I, again, as Sarah mentioned, we're, we're far from experts on this sort of thing, but we are quote unquote experts. I'm putting quotes on there for myself, not you guys, um, on hockey <laughs> and how this league is to be run. And that's, that's our job. And Alexander Ovechkin kind of came out and said, I'm a, I'm a hockey player. I'm not a politician. You know, hopefully everything will be resolved soon. I'm just a hockey player. I'm just a hockey player. And it's been a while since I've seen the hockey world divided on something like this. I saw a lot of people saying, yeah, he's just a hockey player. He's got family in Russia. He's got to worry about their safety. And then I saw other people saying, well, he wasn't just a hockey player when he was standing on stage lifting up Vladimir Putin's hand and endorsing him and and, and saying everything he does is great. Um I wanted to get your reaction on what you thought this week for Alexander Ovechkin, I guess is what I'm asking, Sarah. Yeah, I've actually done way more research into how Ovechkin has kind of supported Putin in the past. And he's done kind of a lot of supporting of him. So at first I was kind of like, I don't know, he has family there. Like, let's cut him some slack. But now looking into kind of everything he's done and uh, he stood against Ukraine at some point too. It's kind of like, okay, I get why people would want to cut ties with him right now. I do take issue to all Russians, like cutting ties with all Russian players because Andrei Svechnikov has been here since he was a kid. He doesn't, he's not a politician, but I, and he hasn't ever spoken out in support of Putin or anything like that. And then you have Panarin going against Putin. So I feel like at the end of the day, it's just a like nuanced subject that we just can't look at it black and white. Yeah, I completely agree with Sarah. Um, My thoughts are 99% of the Russian players shouldn't like, I, I was, there were people tweeting me like, should you ask, like, there are people tweeting me, don't ask the Russian players this, like Evgeny Dodonov on the Golden Knights. And then there are people saying, oh, you have to. There's people saying you shouldn't. My thoughts are 
99% of the Russian players don't need to be asked this. It's their hockey players. This has nothing to do with like they, they had no decision making in this. They just happened to be from that country. Um, but Alex Ovechkin is different and mm-hmm. you can't, you can't take all the good and, and, and be Putin's buddy and, and do all this promoting and all that. And then all of a sudden, the second something like this happens, you can't just say, Oh no, I'm a hockey player. Like I, I'm not a politician. I do think you can't, you can't play both sides of that. So I completely agree with Sarah that now, if Ovechkin wants to wait a few weeks and like make sure his family is safe, I'm totally okay with that. And like these people that are that are wondering, like, oh, how come these Russian players aren't making statements? Well, their their family safety should be first before anything else. So like I totally understand Ovechkin saying, like, hey, give me a I'm gonna talk about it, but give me a minute. But I do think eventually he needs to address this. Um, unlike the other guys who I think have no business being asked this. It's we we wouldn't go around asking all the American players um, if if the U.S. invaded somebody. Like just because you're from a country doesn't mean you have to give your thoughts on that country invading another country. Or you get, you, you get a vote on you know invade or right. don't invade. I, I I get it. I, I everything you just said, I'm on board with. I mean, this is Alexander Ovechkin. Who all you have to do is Google Ovechkin Putin and click images, and you'll see a whole bunch of different instances where where he's is endorsing them. He's been very pro Putin and Sarah, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do with this because you know, all of these things are slowly coming to light things that maybe weren't in headlines in the past in regards to what he's done to, to, to support Vladimir Putin. And then you see now, um, you know, companies are starting to try to distance themselves. CCM has said they're not going to use Alexander Ovechkin or any Russian players in any of their, um, global marketing for now. Um, it's 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 never really affected sports like this. Like you know, I I don't know why, but I thought about nine eleven during this whole week, and that's just a matter of okay, everyone's going to band together, and the only thing that was really affecting sports was do they cancel games and when do they come back. This is different, and I'm really looking forward to speaking to Dan Milstein because I know he has mentioned publicly that some of his players are getting death threats, and as you mentioned, Jesse, they're not in that room. They're not with Vladimir Putin saying, "Yeah, let's go in." And yet now they're getting death threats. So it's it's just something else that kind of divides everybody. And then, you know, you wonder about the KHL. Um, the KHL sending out that tweet kind of promoting their playoffs. They got roasted online for, you know, doing that. But it goes the other way, too. You're hearing about North American players saying, get me out of this contract. I want out of Russia. I just don't. Can you guys think of a story that really affected sports this much where people are asking to leave teams? People are being banned. Countries being banned. It, it's 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 pretty crazy right it has major implications in the sports world and i can kind of see the perspective of ccm and people like that kind of just you never know if down the line you're going to find a player that had ties to putin so it's all very nuanced and i'm trying to keep an open mind listening to things that i like i hear now because it is it is something we do have to report on right because it's affecting hockey yeah. I mean, the, you say, is there anything that's affected hockey like or that's affected sports like the pandemic? But that was everyone. That's sure. not like, yeah. one specific country. I can't. Uh, other than that, I can't think of anything that has had this sort of impact. And it was like instantly um, it's like the moment it happened, it was all right. Like Ovechkin's name was immediately being put out there like i don't know it's yeah i I can't remember anything that was remotely close to this other than like i said the pandemic which was and the the pandemic wasn't punishing anyone i mean we're seeing people get punished and you could be on either side of the fence on this one but even things like not going to the world juniors or not playing international tournaments well sometimes a 16 year old at the world juniors 
raises the attention of NHL scouts. Are, are should that player be punished because of what their country's doing? Um, this is far from over. Obvi- obviously, that's almost a silly statement. But I mean, as far as the implications on sport goes, uh, far from over. So I'm looking forward to speaking to Dan Milstein a little later on. But we do want to slip some hockey talk in here before we get to that. Um, <laughs> we were quickly chatting off the air about how this kind of feels like it's 1985 again with all these goals being scored. And for me, that really uh, hit the, the, the pinnacle of that last Saturday I've got a group of buddies that we text with all the time. And of course, I'm in the Toronto area. So a lot of this is about the Leafs. And my friend texted, go, could you imagine if I told you that the Leafs were going to score 10 goals and just eke out a win (laughs) against the Detroit Red Wings? 10-7. And we've seen a lot of that. And that brought up a lot of issues with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And number one being goaltending. Jack Campbell, Peter Mrazek. Uh, just found out before we started taping this show that Peter Mrazek is going to get his first back-to-back start of the season. Uh, and this is what Sheldon Keefe said when he made the announcement. Well, he's earned it, I think, is, is the first thing. You know, it's no secret that Jack stumbled here a bit of late. And and uh, we have been talking about getting Peter more time in the net. Um, we think uh, the timing and everything just really makes sense. Is goaltending the number one concern if you're a Leaf fan going into yet another playoffs where they're trying to get through the first round? Jesse? Man, see, I'm I'm of the belief, and maybe this is just me being the goalie union guy, but I hate it when people overreact when a goalie has a bad stretch. Um, we saw it here in Vegas. Marc-Andre Fleury was a stud, and then he had a bad month, and they were like, we got to get Robin Leonard, and then it created a mess over the next three years. Um I think it's strange that just the mentality of a shooter goes on an 11 game scoreless streak. And it's like, well, yeah, but he, he still scores. Like he's just going through a bad drought right now. Like let him play through it. He's going to start scoring. And then he does. And then everyone's like, see, but with a goalie, Jack Campbell's been a stud all season long. He's been so good for this team. And then, yes, he has had a bad stretch. But if I don't understand why you can trust other positional guys to find it out, to figure it out, to find their way through a tough stretch. But then with goalies, we just think like, oh, he lost it. He's terrible now. It's because um, so you guys are for, such weirdos. It's <laughs> me. Like if, if, if I'm Kyle Dubas, if I'm Kyle Dubas, it's like, yes, Campbell has absolutely not been good enough. But... This guy has shown through over more time than this rough stretch that he's been very, very good. I would before I would panic and trade for Marc Andre Fleury or or Verlamov or whoever is going to be available to trade deadline. I would let Jack Campbell like I don't like just playing Morazic and like like I would let Jack Campbell try to work his way through this. Well, I think you're absolutely right about the goaltending. And I go further to say, look at the scoring history in round one for the Leafs because the scorers are not scoring as they should. So I think it's a little bit of everything with getting out of the first round. But I can speak on Mrazek because I covered him for a while in Carolina. I know the guy. I love the guy. I think he's a very, very passionate person and he'll put 110% into everything, but that goes the other way too. So when he's not playing well, it's like, it's, he's going to be cold for a streak, but when you want him to be striking in the playoffs and then he's giving it his all, it's like, he's the best goal you've ever seen in your life. So I'll take that. Honestly, it's interesting. I'm looking at, I'm looking at Jack Campbell's goals, goals allowed over the last like 12 games. Oh my God. It's worse than I (laughs) thought. That doesn't help too. And I know we're in the age of analytics, but it's more the stink level if there's a, a number we can have uh, for, for some of Jack Campbell's goals allowed. It's not the fact that he's allowing a lot. It's the fact that some of them are just really, really bad. And 
all you can hear Leaf fans say is, "Oh, you do that in the playoffs." And it's, an, it's another early exit. Uh, it's interesting, too, him being a UFA. He got Morazic on that three-year deal. Um, but the Leafs have a lot of issues they've got to worry about right yeah. now. Um, you know, Muzzin's out long-term. What's that do? They, they need another defenseman, in my opinion. Then you've got John Tavares, who hasn't scored in, i got to hear my 13 games. Um if you're a Leaf fan right now, See, there it is. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Too much on the goal John Tavares is done. He's done. done. Yeah. He, he's, he, they they have to find a new center. That's what I'm saying. They're going to build like, with the Islanders fans. Hold on, though, Jesse. There's only two of you per team. That's why all that focus goes on to the goaltender. I get what you're saying. I get it, but. When praise happens and everyone talks about the most important position in all of sports, right. it goes to the goaltender. And that's why the the problem you have here. And yes, Peter Morazic, as Sarah mentioned, can can when he's playing well, he can play well. The problem is in this new age NHL that we are in, let's say over the last 10 or 15 years, let's call it the the days of a starting goaltender and then a bona fide backup are gone. You need two guys who can jump in at any time. And when if you're a Leaf fan and you're looking at Jack Campbell and Peter Mrazek, are those the guys that are going to take you to the quote-unquote promised land? That's, Don't that's what I bring it up. Don't count out Don't count out Mrazek. A month and a half ago, wasn't Jack Campbell like in the Vezina conversation? Welcome to Toronto, baby. Oh, he was, he was, he was here in Vegas. A month and a half ago. It was December where he started to definitely okay. slide. Early on in the yeah, season, yeah, yeah. first okay. two months. So, so two months Vezina. ago. Yeah, yeah. And, and he was in the All-Star game. Like He was here in Vegas. I talked to him. Like I don't know. I feel like... We just go, we, we jump off the deep end on goalies so much faster than anyone else. And I agree with you. They do get more praise than they deserve when things are good and they get more scrutiny than they should when things are bad. That's just kind of how it goes. But yeah, um, I, I believe in Jack Campbell a little bit more than Leafs fans. And I, I'm telling you, looking at these stats, it's harder to believe in him because man, he's given up five goals. It seems like every other night, um, but, but let him work through it. He was playing really good hockey early in the season. Sarah. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think we've got just a goaltender who's been blamed for too many goals in his uh, men's league. That's like, I'm standing up for the guys in the past. <laughs> Every time I bring up a goaltending conversation, I know it's a podcast, so people can't see this. Jesse's face just changes. He's like, oh, all right. You, you want to go against go. There we go. Let's go. Anyways, we'll have to see with this Leaf team because you know what? The other thing is they're they're – they're in for an interesting opponent in round one, wherever the hell they finish. You know, if you got Tampa or Florida, uh, that's going to be tough. We've talked a lot about the Blackhawks this season and everything that went down with the scandal, which led to the team saying, we're going to change the culture. We're going to clean house. We're going to get everybody in. And they go out and hire uh, Kyle Davidson as their new GM. And I got this question. If they wanted to change the culture, if they wanted to, you know, look on the outside, if they wanted to, you know, not look to the past, as Rocky Wirtz so eloquently put in that uh, <laughs> in that ridiculous, um, what do they call it, you know, town hall meeting? Why did they hire internally? It just, it just, it it's mind boggling to me. You know, they had a great. They had a great- candidate and Eric Tulski too. And they didn't give it to him. I mean, I would, I would give a GM position to him today and he's a progressive guy and he has analytics background. I feel like that. Why not just go for the gold there? But I don't know. What do you think, Jesse? Yeah, I, I agree with Rob's just overall, like, it should have been someone from the outside. Like even like take away everything anywhere else. else. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. I don't take, care yeah, where. Like, anywhere else. 
especially when, like you said, the message was like, we need to change, like we need to do that. And they, and it's right. Like they do need to change. They need some new fresh eyes in there. Like you need outside perspective and hiring with it. Like I, I am, I think Kyle Davison can do a good job. Like I don't, I don't think there's any reason why he can't do a good job, but I also think the optics of the situation and just from big pictures, take a step back. Like you probably should have hired from outside. Yeah. Mark Lazarus and Scott Powers had a great piece where they talked about the five things to fix the Blackhawks. And it starts with a perfect line where they say, he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt. He just absolutely is not. So not only is an, a weird hire in my opinion, are you setting this this guy up to fail? This young GM, I know he's been with the team for a while. I mean, he started in the video department uh, as an intern when he was 22, and now he's the general manager of the team. But it's my eyebrows got raised for sure because I thought we'd see the most un-Chicago Blackhawk hire ever, and it's basically the exact same Chicago Blackhawk hire. Um, Want to bring this up. We've been hearing about player tracking for a while, and – chips and pucks and everything else. And we, we've kind of been waiting to really see the effects of it. We're going to start seeing on broadcasts um, face-off win probabilities right before a face-off. And I, for one, love this stuff. I mean, I, I'm not even necessarily saying it's super vital. And if I don't get to see it, I'm going to be confused. But man, what a world we now live in where two guys are about to take a face-off with 30 seconds left and the goalie pulled in, in an offensive zone. And we could see that Jesse Granger is 65% to beat Sarah Sivian. I mean, that's just, that's awesome. What'd you guys think of this? Yeah, I like it. I, I, I like more information, the better, as long as it's not like, while the play is going on. I've, this is what I've been saying from like when they've been trying these little things. I love the information when live play is happening. I do not want little bubbles above the players on the screen. Like, look at this guy. This is how fast he's going. Like on replays after the play, give me as much information as they can humanly pack into a broadcast. I love it. Not while it's live though. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. And yeah, right before is a huge thing there. And also just kind of making sure it's, it's aesthetically pleasing and is not distracting me is huge, but I think bring up the pulled goalie. Like I'd love to see, like right. I just love to see face off stats before a pulled goalie. Like you're in the offensive zone, like good for betting. Maybe, I don't know, like live bets. I don't know. I want to bet on each individual face-off. No, I want to bet on each individual face-off. All right, I got five bucks on Colorado right here. You guys, on that you guys laugh. There's a reason they're doing this. There's a reason they've decided to do this player tracking alongside signing deals with four trillion sports books, guys. Live no. betting is where it's at. Live betting is everything now. And maybe not every single face-off, but... I'm telling you, like things like this are, are, you know, like power play. Like the number one thing I keep looking towards is power plays because when a team goes on a power play, live betting, whether they're going to score or not, is going to be huge. And if all of a sudden you've got, you know, probability of scoring and when these five guys are on the on PP1, they've got an 82% chance of scoring. That's all for people who want to wager. To your point, um, last oh, it's been two seasons now. We've been talking about this player tracking for so long. It feels like yeah. it's never going to get here. But mm-hmm. I remember, I like I was lucky enough to. They were testing it. The first regular season NHL game that ever was played with pucks, uh, with chips in the pucks and in the jerseys was in Vegas. They played the Golden Knights played the Sharks, and Gary Bettman was here, and I got to sit in their suite and like they had a, almost like a convention while the game was going on, and you we had all these screens where we could see it all happening, and there were like virtual reality, and like it was almost like they had stands. And to your point, I'd say sixty percent of the people in this suite 
and the stands were gambling related. It was all live betting, gambling related. And like none of it was in none of it. And, and even two years later, none of it has come to fruition. But that was from the very beginning, like when the, the gambling has been connected to the player and puck tracking from the very, very moment they started doing it. And what a long way we've come. You guys might be a little too young to remember this. When the permanent score bug with the time got put on the broadcast, the permanent one, the outcry guys people are like no that's distracting i don't want to see the score and the time and you know there's a lot of times where i do you know video features on old games and i get taken back to like 1985 and i'm watching a game and i'm going what's the score how much time's left in the period it's it's crazy and and every sport did it like i always look back at old basketball videos i'm like how do you keep track of a basketball game that's the score's changing every 24 seconds at least and not know what the score is. And people were so angry. It was like petitions. Don't let the score bug be up there. And now we've got everything, including who's going to win a face off, which is just crazy. Um, Habs are doing pretty well. in Marty St. Louis behind the bench. Um, obviously this is kind of a job interview for him. So he wants to win. You've got Hab fans saying, what the hell are you doing? We want to increase our probability of a number one overall pick. <laughs> but uh, Did you guys see this coming with Marty St. Louis, who's never coached really a day in his life? There's always a little bump after there's a yeah. new coach, no matter who it is. I think part of it's just like the relief after pressure of like whatever they were going through before. But yeah, it's like a funny, weird spot where obviously the guys don't want to try to actively lose and they probably like him and want him to do well too. But like, come on, like you've dug yourself into a hole that you're not going to get out of. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's like, it's, and, and you, you always get the bump. And when it's like a former player who's as liked as Marty yeah. Sandler, like the bump is even bigger, right? Like it's so easy to, to like get excited to play for that guy. Um, I, it reminds me of the the story that came out like in the NFL world. Of, I don't know. It's been a few weeks, a few months that the owner was telling Brian Flores of the Dolphins, like, we will pay you X thousand dollars every time you lose a game because we want a better draft pick. Um, I wonder at what point does does management go to Marty San Luis and they're like, all right, listen, I know you're trying to get the job. You got it. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's yours. Now stop winning so we can actually do this rebuild like we're supposed to. Well, it's funny. <laughs> with the anti-performance bonus. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just, can you please suck for... We'll give you money to suck. Um, like, <laughs> but I mean... The, they tried getting rid of it with the lottery. We've seen some egregious attempts to finish last. The most famous, I think, was the Mario Lemieux year between New Jersey and Pittsburgh. If you haven't seen, I know there have been a couple documentaries made about it, where Pittsburgh pretty much sent their entire team down to the American Hockey League and brought up, you know, a whole bunch of players just to be like, oh, we'd love to see these young players. He's like, no, you want to lose to get Mario. Goalie goes three and oh, they'd send him back to the American Hockey League. Like it's, but it's it's not going to guarantee you the first overall pick. And you know, with all due respect to the Shane Wrights of the world, there's no Mario Lemieux this year. So I I just think it's you gotta you gotta sympathize with St. Louis. He wants the job. He wants to show he can make a change, and he kind of is. Um, speaking of next year, <laughs> where the hell is the Arizona Coyotes going to play hockey? Anybody know? Is there, do you got a backyard rink? Maybe we can flood for them and uh, and play because now we're hearing you know the the PA and the Coyotes are going to meet to discuss their arena issues. The next three years, possibly playing in a five thousand seat arena, which is just comical. How how hard do you guys roll your eyes when you hear anything regarding the Arizona Coyotes right now? 
just it's sad. Pretty bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I, pretty bad. <laughs> if if they're playing in a five thousand seat arena, all I can say is I am rooting for the Coyotes to make the Stanley Cup final mm-hmm. because I want them to have to host a Stanley Cup final in that five thousand seat arena. Um, that's I just rooting for chaos. That's that's the the hope for me. See, that would be electric, but I'm wondering if it's going to be like very diehard fans or if it's going to be a million dollars and it's just rich people. Well, I are know there that many millionaires that are like Coyotes fans though. Like, like if it was the Maple Leafs holding it in a 5,000 seat arena, like yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I do not know the Johnny answer. Manziel. <laughs> and one question that for sure is going to need to be answered is hockey related revenue going down just a tad when you've got a 5,000 seat arena, if this team starts winning anyways, we'll have to wait and see, but I'll flood the backyard ring for them. After the break, we're going to speak to NHL player agent, Dan Milstein. Uh, so don't go anywhere. Wings for the game. Boom. Cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom. Cash back. Even a last minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit discover bank member FDIC. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA. Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from another retirement account with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to special terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker. Dealer. And we are very pleased to be joined now by NHL player agent Dan Milstein. Thanks so much for doing this, Dan. Thanks, guys. Um, before we dive into what has had to have been a very difficult week and obviously months even leading up to this, uh, for some people, some of our listeners who follow hockey and follow, you know, contracts and everything else, they've heard your name as an NHL player agent, but can you maybe just paint a picture of just how you got to this point and, uh, and, and really how this week has kind of affected you? Well, uh, I am uh, a political refugee from the former Soviet Union. Uh, I was 16 years old when I came to America with one suitcase and 17 cents uh, from Kiev, Ukraine. Uh, when I was 10 years old, the Chernobyl blew up. And so I was evacuated. Uh, four months later, I came back to Kiev and I lived there until 1991 boarded the plane on the last day of the Soviet Union's existence and uh, landed in uh, Detroit when the Soviet Union was no no longer on a map. And and you just started from there. And I mean, how did you get from what you just said, which is 
this is an incredible story in itself, but to representing hockey players in the NHL. So my, uh, I went to a high school in, in Arbor, Michigan, and about six months later, going through food stamps projects, I was fortunate, and I say fortunate, to get a job at McDonald's. For most, working at McDonald's is beneath their dignity, but for me, it was a lifeline, an opportunity to be somebody someday. Um, about a year later, there was a McDonald's All-American competition. The deal was whoever won the competition got into the management program. Before, high, before graduating high school, I was a manager at McDonald's. I have done landscaping. I've uh, delivered newspapers. I've changed transmissions, engines, and tires. I've done it all um, in uh, when I was 19, second year of college. Uh, I was taking a connecting uh, a bus in downtown of Ann Arbor every day, and there was a big, beautiful building with well-dressed men and women going in and out. So one day I walked in and asked for an application. Uh, wearing a t-shirt, flip-flops, and shorts. Uh, so to this day, I have no idea why they gave me a chance. It, uh, it was a bank. So I went to the Salvation Army, and $2 later, I was a proud owner of a suit and a tie, and I was a banker at last. Fast forward, I was uh, before I turned 21, I was the general manager at the bank. I worked at three banks, and I started this tiny little mortgage company where I was going to do loans. Um, and I rented a space that was used as a closet by its previous tenant, well, fast forward, uh, Gold Star has 49 offices from Florida to Hawaii. Um, uh, obviously, I, I own the company. I Along the way, I became um, number one loan officer in the United States out of 550,000 people. And uh, I was fortunate to build a company. I've taken it to Inc. 500 uh, uh, on numerous occasions as one of the fastest growing companies. Uh, I've made uh, the Russian Five the film amongst uh, many projects. I'm the executive producer of that. Uh, which is unfortunately under attack right now due to its name. Um, we are, uh, we're in all kinds of businesses. And, and now you'd ask me, but all of that, why the hell would you be in, in an agent? So there was a one kid who was told no 657 times. He was not selected in the first years of the draft eligibility. He was not selected in the second year of draft eligibility. He went all the way and at the end of the sixth round, 171st, at the last year of his draft eligibility. He didn't even know for about a week or so that he was even drafted until a friend of his comes in the locker room and goes like, oh, you were, you were selected, you were drafted. And he goes like, I don't believe you. So the next day, the friend brings a newspaper and the kid looks at it and sees his name. Three years later, this kid shows up to a training camp. The team had 13 future Hall of Famers on the team. Very little to no chance to ever make the team. Shortly thereafter, uh, they, uh, they pull him aside and they told him, hey, um, you're, 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 on a, you're gonna, you made the NHL, you're going to stay here. And uh, somebody at the time I was ranked um, number, uh, I was number 10, 12 or so in the country out of 550,000 bankers. And uh, 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 they gave him a business card that said, hey, call this guy, he speaks your language, he can take care of you. And, uh, and, um, and, and, the, and then so this kid gave me a call. Do you know who I'm talking about? My Pavel Datsuk, my very first client, and until until 2015, he was my only client because uh, as I was building other companies and doing other things, um, I uh, at first I helped Pavel with banking stuff. We became friends. We became the best friends, um, and we've been there for each other for all the surgeries, issues, problems, awards, and stuff like that throughout his entire career. I built the business around one guy. 
So from the littlest things to the major things, I mean, I'll never forget him rehearsing, sit, standing in the middle of, uh, of his hotel room and now they were rehearsing his uh, acceptance speeches right before the All-Star uh, uh, Awards to, uh, you know, obviously uh, getting a, uh, being in a surgery room, uh, being next to him. And so... Uh, I um I'm, I, I was I was fortunate uh, that uh, I was thrown in the fire and I was next to Pavel for many years and eventually I became obviously his agent and uh, and then in 2015 when he decided to go back to Russia I was uh, faced with the uh, with the idea do I continue on uh, and open up the floodgates to everybody else or do I just shut down and go back to being the banker and being everything else that I do. Wow, what a story there. Um, which brings us to to this past week, Dan. Um, Obviously, uh, you're you're clearly following everything that's going on, like the rest of the world is, and and I'm just wondering, just that balancing act of being someone who's from Ukraine and watching, you know, the country get invaded, and also being, you know, the agent that has a whole bunch of Russian players on your on your roster, and and, and having to deal with some of the, the hardships that go back and forth with that balancing act. So, you know, certainly at the very difficult times, but I want to be very clear that none of my clients want, uh, uh, my clients want the world peace. Nobody wants the war. It is heartbreaking to see, to watch the footage and see what's happening in Ukraine and, and what's happening around the world. But I want to be extremely clear. My clients want the world peace and my clients don't uh, uh, don't support the war that is uh, or or what is happening right now. What have your conversations been like with your players over the last couple of days? Well, um, you know we have had numerous conversations, and, and of course, uh, um, uh, you know the biggest thing is is that obviously we are getting some some serious life threats, and while most of my clients uh, uh, can can obviously protect and support themselves, and and uh, NHL has done a great job with the teams. Uh, uh, the local police departments and the NHL uh, by providing extra security level. But, you know, you step on the ice to play the game or you're on the road. And then naturally you're thinking about what's happening to my wife and the kid. Is my is my child safe at home? Um, you know, we have received numerous threats. One of them is actually, on. you know, you know what uh, uh, I posted on my Instagram in the, in the story. It's DMillsThing75. I mean, you should you should you should see the hatred uh, that we're getting since the ESPN story broke out yesterday. Um, I have received 50 or 60 very, very nasty messages because people, people either don't understand or, or they don't want to understand. But, but, but I mean, these are the hockey guys. First of all, they, they look, we feel bad and, and uh, horrible for the children of Ukraine, for people of Ukraine. I'm a Ukrainian. I'm talking to my friends at home as my childhood house is being bombed. So, I know, or I'd like to think that I know what they're going through right now, but we're talking about hockey players. We're talking about the guys that are here in North America. They pay taxes. They support all kinds of charities, both here in the United States and Canada and also at home. They are good people. Also, I'd like to bring up another very important uh, point. Currently, as we speak right now, there is a talk that USHL, United States Hockey League, and CHL, Canadian Hockey League, um, is not going uh, potentially not going to draft or allow Russian kids be drafted. Now, these are the junior leagues. You have to play between the, you play in that league between the age of 16 and 20. So, you know, the, I hear the big slogans: "Hockey is for everyone." Guys, you are denying a 16-year-old an opportunity to play junior hockey. How is it hockey is for everyone? 
when you're saying no to a kid only because he was born in Russia. What are some of the things you can do as an agent to try to combat that? Well, um, unfortunately, I'm very, very few of the people who is qualified to speak. A Ukrainian political refugee uh, found a refuge in the United States, a U.S. citizen, a proud U.S. citizen, somebody who has who speaks fluent Russian and who represents many Russian hockey players. I would like for the world to know that there are good people. They're not here to harm anybody. There are normal people in the local communities. The problem that I have right now is that, uh, you know, I'm concerned for the safety of, of my players and their family, one, families, both here in the United States and also in Russia. Also, re, uh, keep in mind that uh, the history of uh, the Soviet Union and prior Ukrainians, Belarusians and Russians have lived as as one family for thousands and thousands of years and for um and what's happening right now uh i don't approve and i feel very bad and sorry for for what's happening in the world but at the same time right hockey players guys that have basically uh have given joy to people uh for you know over the years i mean as an executive of the russian five I mean, enemies became became, uh, became a family and helped the Detroit Red Wings bring the Stanley Cup home 42 years later. I have, uh, you know, now we're seeing people, my, my clients that have, have been winning Stanley Cups every single year. And unfortunately for me, I've been, I've been uh, able to witness that. Uh, they, you know, the fans or some people were sending messages saying, hey, I want, uh, you know, I'm going to name my child after you. And then the, the, in, in some cases, some of those people are sending very nasty messages, you know, literally, you know, a few years later. Dan, I remember when Russians started playing in the NHL and, and there was an exciting time because it was a new style of hockey and it, there was a, an air of mystery to it. But I'd be lying if I'm saying that the hockey community open, welcomed them with open arms. Uh, there was still that whole, they are the Russians, this is our way of hockey, blah, blah, blah. But that slowly started to fade away. And I'm, I'm feeling that again now. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on how this war, which we don't know when it's going to end, how it's going to end, what's going to happen, how this is going to affect just the public perception of Russian players going forward and what advice you could give as an agent. Um, because I know Alexander Ovechkin is not your, your client, but his comments, you know, made huge news and the hockey world seemed very divided. What do you say to Nikita Kucherov's of the world when you say you're, you're feeling this hate, you may be feeling it for a while, but hopefully that will fade. You know, certainly very difficult times and uh, we're being set 30 years and I think I've made it very clear in my ESPN piece yesterday, we're being set 30 years back backwards. I hope that this blows over um, and uh, and people people understand that Russians aren't bad people, um, you know, especially here in North America. They're contributing members to our society, not only by paying taxes and supporting the local economy, but also they're in the communities, they're doing things. So my clients, they, they, the, the charity and, and uh, they do, they just don't like to publicize. I mean, you know, going back to Pavel Datsuk to, to all the guys that are in the league right now, they do things quietly. We don't make big announcements. So-and-so donated a bunch of, you know, a bunch of stuff. Right. But, uh, but, but rest assured that what, what, what Mike, some of my clients do for the local communities is is unprecedented and i don't believe that uh, uh that some of the other guys are are doing a fraction of what my guys are doing some of them are well all of them are extremely appreciative 
that they are uh, that they uh, that they have an opportunity to play in the best uh, hockey league in the world. But going back, I mean, we're talking about hockey diversity. Hockey is for everybody, guys. What are you talking about? You know, based on based on the lo- on the recent move, I you know uh, you know I I personally feel threatened, and I'm the U.S. citizen who's lived here for 30 years out of my 46 years existence, and I'm from Ukraine, and I'm a political refugee. Well, Dan, uh, what what do you what are you feeling right now? Not as a hockey agent, but as a former, you know, someone who's from Ukraine. Just what's what's this week been like for you personally? Um, I have, you know, certainly, you, you know, I don't like to to you, you know, I don't want to put myself on a pedestal, but I will adopt and support number of families immigrants that would come to North America. In addition to that, I would support uh, uh, support the, the government of Ukraine and most importantly, people in Ukraine. I don't want the war. I want the world peace. And I hope that uh, that we can get through this and uh, and, and normal people, um, regular citizens uh, can uh, uh, can survive and uh, uh, and uh, we can move as as one uh, uh, forward. I think we'll leave it right at that. Thanks so much for coming on, uh, Dan, and, and talking about this because obviously there are just so many angles to this story, and I know a lot of people think uh, it's black or white, and it, it clearly isn't. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, time for my favorite part of the show and yours, the Twitter segment. And we wanted to ask you guys, we talked earlier about the the new stats that are popping up on the screen. You know, we've got face-off probability, everything else, um, which we all agree is pretty cool. But we wanted to hear from you. What stat do you want to see on the screen? Right now, obviously, you've got the score, you've got the time, you've got power play and face-off probability. Uh, so we asked on Twitter, what stat do you want to see on the screen and taking advantage of this, you know, puck tracking system we've been hearing about for the last couple of years? Sarah, <laughs> you put it on your Twitter account. What are some of the stats people want to see? Speaking of stat boys, our favorite stat boy, Dom Lushijan, responded tongue-in-cheek. Personally, don't think we see and hear enough about face-offs because obviously it's the face-off <laughs> stats we're getting. So I think I think he's saying he wants more plus-minus. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know what he wants. I'll face-offs and plus-minus. Oh. The two best indicators for wins are face-off and plus-minus. Well, I hear know, know plus-minus is the old man stat, but I still like look at a plus-minus. But go ahead. That's probably because I'm an old man. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> It can be useful, but okay. There's a few, like somebody puck underscore silver who says speed of shot. What do we think about that one? I like it. I, I like, I think, I think that one would be good. Not necessarily for a goal, 
Like, oh, that one was 103 miles per hour. I would like to know, you know, the Shea Webbers of the world. I know that maybe that's a bad example, but I'm just thinking of hard mm-hmm. shots. Averages a slap shot of 98 miles per hour. You know what I mean? Like, I think that mm-hmm. would come into play. What do you think, Jesse? I think it'd be cool. And I maybe I'm making this up in my head or maybe I saw it, but I swear they, like, I saw a game where they had it, like, just superimposed on the back glass behind the goal um just directly behind the net and like even just like a little circle there that every shot you just can look over there and see it like kind of like in baseball you're looking at every pitch i think it'd be cool i'd be more interested in the shots that get blocked than the goals um when a dude lays in front of one and like has to limp over to the bench it's like this guy just took a 103 mile an hour slap shot to the chest. Um, yeah. I, yeah I, I, and, and I think it's not distracting. Like we, like we don't want these, we talked earlier, like we don't want these graphics like over saturating the like broadcast. And I think that's one that you could just have over like in a tiny little spot that everyone can just kind of check when they want. I think if it could go situational, it might work, but that would take a lot of effort. And I don't know if that's good for live betting, but just like random people like Ian Cole blocking a shot or Chara taking a shot, you know, like people that have those like, insane stats when it comes to certain right. things but i don't know if that would work. i just say I, for me again sometimes if a number is just a one-time number i'm not as intrigued but i like yeah. hearing that again something stupid like this guy averages a 100 mile an hour slap shot or this person averages you know this many block shots per game i i, I like where you can kind of go oh who's the league leader in this situation who's got the best face-off percentage yeah. you know in the last minute of a hockey game because you know what? You can win a draw in, in the first period with seven minutes left. But if you're winning that draw where it's the most crucial, th- those are the stats I like that you can, you need to build up a little bit of a, a library of numbers, but eventually they yeah. start to tell a story. There's no point in stats without context. All right, we'll do one more. Here's my right. favorite one from RB underscore Kaniac. Visual- visualizations of danger on shots and passes would be a good use of the tech. Totally agree. Like, okay, this was a high danger chance. Did it go in? Did it not? Because I feel like people get confused about that terminology. A high danger chance doesn't mean it's going to go in automatically. It means there's a high percentage of shots that will tend to go in from that area, you know? Oh, I love it. The the thing I would like to see is like a player heat map. Um, Mm -hmm. Like just now that we've know where the players are, I want just the like track where like we, we, we see it with shots, right? Like, Oh, look, this is where the most shots are coming from. I want to see where did this player spend his game? Like did, was this guy stuck in his own end all game? And like the dudes just red in the, in the defensive zone, or is this guy living in the other team's offensive zone? I feel like if, if there was one stat I could personally choose to get out of puck tracking, player tracking, it's I want a map of where each player is spending his game. You've got Ovechkin in the circle. Yeah. Ovechkin in the circle. McDavid everywhere. Yeah. I think for, when I hear you say that, that is exactly what this was designed for. That stat just does not exist without player right. tracking. And we try to, we try to like Corsi, we like, we take, stats like shot attempts and we use Corsi as a possession stat, right? Like, because that's the best we've got, like we, what, what we have to work with. And I think we, we kind of use those like, oh, this team's controlling the puck a lot. Look at their shot attempts, look at their Corsi. But if we could actually have like how often each player is spending, and then you can look at guys and be like, look at this guy. He, ne- he's never in the defensive zone. He may not have the goals and the assists, but when this guy's on the ice, the puck is in good spots. Exactly. Anyways, thanks for all the, uh, the tweets on, cool stats, which I think is just, I feel like over the next little while, we're going to see more and more popping up on the screen. That wraps up another show, guys. Great show. I think we hit a lot of different topics here. And obviously the big one uh, was, was uh, 
dominated the show so far. But uh, what do you guys got working on this week? Jesse, start with you. Yeah, it's I'm getting ready. I'm prepping for this next road trip. Um, I've got a couple features that are in the early stages, but uh, I haven't been on the road in a while. Things were on Zoom, but we are back to in person. I am pumped. I've got uh, Philly, and then we're going to Buffalo for Jack Eichel's return to Buffalo. I, I am excited for that. To go to a, a Sabers game in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jack. I, I mean, it's the return song. of that. <laughs> Do they? Let me hear my throat. <laughs> what? Okay, yeah, 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 I like that. Sarah, what do you got going on? <laughs> yeah, back on the road. First in-person road trip in a while. Feels good, Jesse. You'll enjoy it. Just kind of trying to do more game, post-game pieces because like you're in the moment here and it's special again. So that's good. So these two- Getting kicked out of my hotel as we speak. <laughs> hotel <laughs> living. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. And I want to let everyone else know what we got going on as far as coverage on the Athletic Hockey Show. Check out Arthur Staples' new Rangers podcast, The Garden Faithful. His guest this week is Neil Smith. Current Flyers assistant John Torchetti, uh, the former Wild head coach, joins Mike Russo this week on Straight From The Source. And JT Comfer, who apparently looks like Connor McDavid, according to our producer, uh, Jeff, uh, is going to be joining Sean Gentilly and Sean Shapiro on the Athletic Hockey Show USA. You can follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to leave a rating and a review. Subscribe to The Athletic Plus on Apple Podcasts and you get all of your bonus content from the entire network. Uh, Mendez and Down Goes Brown provide bonus content this week. And if you want it, you start with a 30-day free trial, then just 99 cents a month after that. And right now you get an annual subscription to The Athletic for just $1 a month for six months when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show. The Athletic Hockey Show returns Thursday with Ian Mendez and Down Goes Brown. For Sarah and Jesse, I'm Rob. We'll talk to you next week. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.